you're going to see more and more people going into bankruptcies, throwing all their debt into it, but carving out their mortgage, their primary residence lien holder and saying, you know, I, I'm going to pull them out. I'm going to pay them back. They can in, do that. In their huh? oh, there, there's a way you can do that. Yeah. And they're going to try to get out of their credit card debt because the only way, the way they can do that is to sell their property. And then where are you going to go? Big problem. So I think this is going to be the, the temporary defensive position before people figure out that I've got way too much debt. Well, I think this is just not the, enough income. I, I personally think this is just the beginning of it. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Wait, if you lift your leg up a little higher, it'll cover your stomach. Did you... <laughs> Is that, oh, is, that, who's fucking, is that why you keep your knee up here? Did you get your testosterone shot today? Right out the gate. Dude, I was so afraid to give myself a shot today. Did you? Because last time I did it, it like squirted out. So I was I was definitely afraid. And my wife did this weird thing today where she like gave me the shot. You're very familiar with the squirting of us. But she, she counted me into the shot. That that was inappropriate. Right out the gate. What? Right out the gate. Just <laughs> between the opening of the Red Bull. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Yeah, this is the higher standard. We are. We used to be about financial literacy. Now we're just a show where we make fun of each other. Yes. So you look bad. <laughs> you look old. Thank you. Yeah. He's about appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm pretty much off for the rest of the night. Um, we're going to talk about some financial stuff. This is going to be a lot of stuff that we kind of foreshadowed in previous episodes. And in doing so, we've talked about a lot of the things we're going to talk about tonight. But the data is starting to come to life, kids. Some. Not all. Some. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. I feel like you're working against me here, but that's fine. This, this is foreshadowing. A little bit, yeah. But I mean, all, all the, all the. Okay, is everybody drinking tonight? You know what? Here. <laughs> yeah, let's do here, it. Let's, let's just all get. There we go. Uh, okay. This has turned into an ASMR yeah. podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Never understood that hype. ASMR? Yeah, it's addicting. You're into it? I've no, I'm not into it, but I like I go down the rabbit hole on, on like Instagram or like YouTube every once in a while. Really? You just you watch one of them, you go, huh? Huh? And then you start going, mm, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, I was. Uh, the, I remember the first time somebody showed me. They showed me a channel of like some really underage kids doing stuff. Okay, stop right there. And you're don't, like, don't show that story. You're like, no, this is wrong. That people are actually tuning into this stuff. It's like terrible. No, no, I only watch the, like the cooking ones. I like the cooking ASMR ones. Oh, yeah, those those are cool. Because there's, you know, I don't need to talk and showmanship. I just need, you know, just slap a chicken and cook it. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, I don't need all the rest of the stuff. <laughs> all right. So the Fed can't decide how much money U.S. households have left. Why? Because mm. y'all keep fucking spending. Yeah, exactly. It should have been done by now. Yeah. 
We're going to talk a little bit about inflation and the impact on the market. We'll talk a little bit about mortgage rates. Uh, little spoiler alert. They're high. They say high all the time. Trending up. Uh, 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 oh, uh, wow. No? Name it, name it. Huh? Name that, uh, that uh, artist. I don't know. Be. Oh, fuck. That was a good call. Yeah. Wow. That was a throwback. It was 1990. The lot. early. Uh, that song was uh, early 2000. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. More useless information brought to you by Saeed. <laughs> We're going to talk about the American economy getting ready to shift south. And the migration of people that you've probably heard about moving from one state to another and how that impacts all of us and how it may, may be impacting the recession. Absolutely. There's a, a, a new surge in bankruptcy filings. Wow. This one was alarming. Alarming. And you called it. So this is an opportunity to say that you were right early on. Oh, God. It just says. You don't like it. It's, it's hard it, for it you. It tastes weird to say. Why? You, you didn't believe that it was going to happen? No, but if you go back to those early shows, I wasn't worried about the initial indications that you brought up because there was such a tiny, tiny increase to see the, where the numbers are at now. Mm -hmm. uh, Alarming. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into it. You were correct. And what that means for, the, for everybody else. We'll talk about jobs uh, in the jobs report, which I think is, uh, let's see, the technical term here is bullshit. <laughs> really? Yeah. I call bullshit on all the jobs reports now. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking done with this, the jobs reports. This is so it, bad. It, it's such bullshit. It's unbelievable. And then we'll, uh, if there's time, we'll talk about the FTC student loans and maybe, maybe some uh, auto cost stuff. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see if there's time. I doubt it. Let's jump right into it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So according to CNN Business, the Fed can't decide how much money U.S. households have left. Mm. Those of you who don't recall, there was a lot of money put into the economy during the pandemic in this artificial interest rate deflation, in this stimulus which was unprecedented right it caused some problems over the pandemic historic levels of stimulus cash boosted household income significantly spending meanwhile was severely curtailed as the economy shut down mm. remember those times you remember them yeah everybody's freaking out working from home don't know what to do do you go into the office if you go into the office it goes down it was weird yeah saving all this money on gas so they started Buying stuff online. People were selling their second cars. We only need one. We're a one car household, man. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I actually knew multiple families that did that. Yeah, some people move farther away. Mm -hmm. There were lots of repercussions. Repercussions I think we're still seeing. The article goes on to say, personal savings rates soared as a result, with U.S. households amassing about $2.3 in savings. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. Damn. So in 2020 alone and through the summer of 2021, according to Federal Reserve economists, which, you know, those are the best economists, right? They gotta be. I mean, well, they no keep real, getting no it right. Rubini, yeah, yeah. Economist. That's about $2 trillion more than they would have saved under normal circumstances. So $2.3 trillion in savings is $2 trillion more. They normally would have had $0.3 trillion right. or $300 billion, right? In savings? Yeah. yeah. I can do maths occasionally. Sometimes. So it's a stunning example of, I guess, the legacy impacts of what we're seeing. Yeah. And to set the rest of the show up, I want to set frame. Okay. So, Saeed, if you close your eyes. All right. And imagine this moment in time. Doing it right now. Take me on the right. Recessions. Yeah. Typically have a cause and effect. Okay. Beginning and an end, if you will. Okay. But unfortunately, this beginning 
was so dynamically different than any beginning of any recession before. Snowflake, if you will. Like all recessions, they're a little bit different. But this one was so front-loaded on extra savings in a, in a way that we've never experienced. And keep in mind, $300 billion versus $2.3 trillion. That's normal versus the abnormal amount of savings that we had. Ridiculous. So perhaps consumers do have a stockpile, a war chest of money, and they're continuing to spend because they haven't felt the impacts of the recession that we've been talking about for so long, mm -hmm. which is also possibly why the stock market's calling bullshit. I don't even think it's just consumers. I think it's, you know. The world? I think it's small, I think it's small businesses. Okay. You know, I think it's, of all the, the stimulus packages that were sent out, there was a lot of money being sent out to businesses that were applying for like PPP loans, right? And even though maybe they didn't need them at the time, but they were hoarding cash because why wouldn't they? They're, in their minds, why wouldn't I? Government's giving away free money. I just got to make small payments over time. Yeah. You know? People are still not paying back the student loan debt. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and the student loan debt as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. The One of the subtitles in this CNN business article mm -hmm. was Funflation is the term of the summer. What? what a, who's... Yeah, who's there? Who's being allowed to coin all these terms? I don't know. Welcome to the summer of Swiftflation and Bayflation. Bayflation. Taylor Swift and Beyonce have both embarked on pricey tours this season and are being blamed for inflation, the <laughs> inflating the prices of hotel rooms and goods around the world. Taylor Swift has got a $1 billion tour, the highest grossing tour in history. I mean, <laughs> blame this on Taylor Swift. This is laughing. Swiftflation and Bayflation. You rolling with that? I'm not a, I'm this not is a Beyonce fault. fan. This is Jerome Powell deflecting. Yeah. He's, Jerome Powell's like, listen, how can we blame this on Beyonce and Taylor Swift? We got to spin this. How are we going right, to spin this? Neil, get out there and do your Kashkari thing. Go. Yeah, go. Go, go, go yeah. Go, 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Neil, though. Yeah, definitely Neil. Neil's yeah, out there. Not Bostick? God. If Neil didn't have eye eyebrows, I'd say he had alopecia. What, what's wrong I'm just with saying, that? Like, he's, There's nothing wrong with he's that. He's a very interesting aesthetic. That's all I'm right. saying. Nothing's wrong with that. I'm just saying. I have nothing know. against anyone with alopecia except <laughs> Jada Pinkett. Does she have alopecia? I mean, that's what she claims to have, right? For, you know, doesn't look like it. Not, I know. Not enough, anyway. Not enough to be slapping people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or getting people slapped. I mean, she's kind of like the hitman behind the hitman, if you yeah. know what I mean. Right. Hit woman, I guess. All right, so we're going to get into inflation next. And all these things we've talked about have been somewhat of a lead-in to the inflation and the numbers. Saeed has got a ton of data behind this. But he, uh, according to Forbes, inflation keeps the housing market afloat. Mm -hmm. For now. For now. With the tone difference there. For now. For now. Quote from the article. It's a long one, so you know I'm going to screw it up. However, I would regard buying a single-family home today with about the same skepticism as I would on an invitation to climbing aboard a submarine to go look at the wreck of the Titanic. I, mean, I thought that was too soon. I, honestly, like, yeah. give it some time. But the point came across. <laughs> I mean, it was too soon, but I get message it. received. I get, yeah. Exactly. I hear what you're putting out there. I, mean, I would not have said that. Do they make the same statement if 10 people were on the subject? And for the record, I'm like, still reading the quote from the Forbes article, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not my wording. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I understand. Right. The author of this article, not me, goes on to say it's a bad idea. Right. The correction is coming. Mm -hmm. What we may be seeing is that all the cash flushed into the economy to keep it from going into a depression in 2020 i.e. the previous article we just read, right. from COVID interventions is still stoking the human behavior, i.e. the funflation, mm -hmm. that tends to keep economies heated up. 
Right. But the flush of cash can continue, and at some point, the punch bowl will disappear from the party. This guy's full of colorful analogies. So he's, yeah, he's, he's trying to relate. Yeah, you know, he's like submarine popular culture I right mean, now. When was the last time you saw a punch, punch bowl, bowl at a bro. party? Come on. That is that is a that's, valid that, that's question. Out, that is outdated, dude. Come on. It, it, do people still do punch bowls? Yeah. I feel like they have like those weird I've, ne- I've actually never been to a party with a punch bowl. Ever? Never. Never even, not even in high school? No, I, and you're older, so you, you didn't have... go on dates. That's, that's why. You didn't go on dates. <laughs> oh, yeah, was... yeah, you, were, you were not that kid. Yeah. You were rotund. But dates? Wait, punch bowls on dates? No, but if you had a, if you were dating somebody, huh. you had a date to a dance, you probably just didn't go to dances. Dances had punch bowls? Fun, oh, fun fact. I never I was actually, on the dance floor. I never went to a dance in high school. That's a fun fact? Fun That's fact. a sad fact. No, it's not. So come on. What? Now you know why I enjoy my time with you so much. <laughs> you oh, you get to live forever date. Got it. <laughs> my bro. Yeah, I never went. It's sad, isn't it? Jesus. It is. Moment of silence for my social life. All right. So for people making less money in the economy, the mm-hmm. best thing to do today is probably to save as much money as possible. It may be worth more a year from now. And that echoes something we've been saying on the mm. show for quite some time. The future value of cash mm-hmm. in an unusual set of circumstances like the economy that we're in yeah. is probably one of the best investments you can make today. Yeah, I remember um, ever since uh, we started working together, we used to say, no, cash isn't king. Cash flow is king. Yeah. Right? So, because your cash should be working for you, right? But now, we've been saying, hoard your cash. Hoard it. Hoard it. Get ready. Pull it in there. Yeah. <laughs> See? You're baiting me. What? Hoarding is you pull something inside and you keep it. Yeah. Keep hoarding it as I got it. Hoard it inside. Do you do a lot of hoarding inside? I'm I'm a hoarder. <laughs> hoarder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of cash. Yeah, exactly. So now's the best. Not now, Neil. Right. Not Neil. Exactly. Not Kashkari. Just cash. Oh, just to be see, clear, just... okay. I don't want there to be any weird skepticism later on in the right. show. Did, was that what he was referring to? That is what he's referring to. No, no, it was. So not. another quote from this article that I thought was really interesting was that they actually brought us some statistics on housing starts. So housing starts have risen from an annual rate of 1.34 million in April to 1.63 million in May. And what is a housing start, Said? When they break ground on construction, they start to build. They start to build. So, I mean, that means the project is fully underway. Yeah. Sure. I mean, right? So, like, they're fully anticipating. They're taking in all the facts that they know of what the econ- how the economy is right now, what, you know, what the future looks like. And they're predicting, like, you know, we'll be able to finish this project in the next several months. Yeah, sure. That works for me. I mean, how, how long would you say for a recently, like, a good developer? How long would it take? Well, most single-family residence developers build in phases. They don't do like a spec one-off kind of home. Right. Typically speaking, if you do like a one-off home, you're talking 12 to 18 months. If they're super fast, generally speaking, 18 to 24 months is probably more common. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really? in, these, in these larger... But those are high-end luxury homes. High-end luxury homes, yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're doing like track homes, they yes. can do it in a couple months, but they do it in phases, right? Yes. So they deliver them in phase one, phase two, phase three, and so on and so forth. Right. So that, that could take you know, a couple of years. I remember, yeah, that that is true because the the first house that we bought in Riverside, that was the case. I remember when we bought, they were still building out the final phase. Mm-hmm. And they had promised us at the end of the final phase, everyone's HOA fees are going to come down. Guess yeah, what? Didn't go down. They didn't go down. Yeah, and the reason why they do that is is that you help them recuperate some cash before they finalize, so they're not to you know dip in more than their savings. Now mm-hmm. they have you know, cash coming in. For right. Something. So something that I thought was very interesting. So the the title of that article, Odin, did you already delete it? 
Inflation keeps the housing market afloat, but also vice versa, right? The housing market is what's keeping inflation afloat. In this particular instance, that is a valid assumption. And we'll get into an article a little bit later on where it talks a little bit about that. But uh, mm-hmm. I had some here too. So uh, Campbell Harvey, he's a professor at Duke University. It's a great fucking name. Great name. Stud. I am Campbell Harvey. Yeah. You respect me in my suit. <laughs> and uh, he's actually very upset with all the FOMC members. He's, oh, I like him already. Yeah. Tell I me can, more I about tell. Soup, soup Guy. Yeah. So he, like, like we have mentioned, has noted that uh, shelter is really the number one thing driving driving this inflation report, right? Mm-hmm. CPI, PCE, whichever whichever you want to look at. Yeah, you know me. You know what it is. And he's acknowledging, like the Fed has acknowledged, that rents year over year are either stagnant or they're starting to come down in areas. Mm-hmm. So we know that this is a lagging indicator and it takes time for these data points to come in. And I still con- think it's going to be lagging more than it traditionally has that we've experienced mm-hmm. because of that ton uh, of cash we put in the economy at $2 trillion. Right. And he's, he was on uh, CNBC. I think Squawk Box is the... Were the <laughs> I yeah. remember my first time on CNBC Squawk Box. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you mean? And it hasn't happened. I just remember that it's going to be cool, whatever. Oh, it hasn't yeah. happened. <laughs> I was like, where was I? Why wasn't yeah. I tuning in? <laughs> Nobody cares what we have to say. <laughs> no, like, yeah. The higher what? Yeah. yeah. Why do we care what you say? Yeah, stop it. So yeah, you guys both know you're brown, right? Yeah. Yeah. People don't want to listen to you. They don't want. They want a real beanie. You have cool glasses. Yeah. I mean, you're trying. I'm trying. Mine more Jeff Goldblum, not less. You know, Euro trash. Wow. Yeah, bro. His glasses. He's the homie. I know. No, I like it, but he can pull that off. I can't. You can't, can't call him Euro trash, though. You know how people go to Zara and they wear like super skinny jeans. And I don't like, like that. Tight clothes. I was never into the scuba, the super scuba. Scuba? Yeah. I was never into the super skinny jean look. Obviously, I couldn't fit into them, but I mean, I've. You got, you got thighs, bro. You, you could never shoehorn those into like skinny jeans. Never. Your, your knocks don't fit. <laughs> it's knots, not knocks. In your case, it's knocks. No. <laughs> Come on. Because your thighs clap. You can't. <laughs> they knock. <laughs> you don't have guns, bro. I know the urban dictionary language. Yeah. My knots don't fit. <laughs> no, in your case, it's knocks. <laughs> So what he was saying is he doesn't like how the, F, uh, the FOMC members, and he was really attacking Jerome Powell, is saying that he keeps targeting unemployment, right? Why are we so, he's saying, why are we so focused on the jobs report? I also call bullshit on all jobs reports. I think the jobs reports are all fucked up. I mean, there's a lot of skepticism. A lot of people don't want to believe in, in any of it. And yeah, we'll, I, we're going to break down the numbers later. Yeah. But, jobs reports, bullshit. That, that, is my, that is my stance. Hey, Chris, what about the jobs report? Bullshit. Yeah, but what he, what he really wants everyone to focus in on is the shelter component. We've talked about on the show before. It makes up arguably As a, they should a, third, a third of the report, right? And he went on to say, if we had the same inflation we had last month in housing and shelter, right? If it came in at 0.1% month over month, right? It would drop from a 4% rate to 2.7%. Yep. And the Fed has acknowledged already that they know this will be coming down. Yeah. Right? So they know it will be coming down eventually by the end of the year. They have said they want to do a wait-and-see approach. The fact that the Chicago Mercantile Exchange CME Fed Funds watch tool. You've been all over the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. is nuts, man. Well, I mean, you're, you're a WERP guy, and I'm a CME guy. You play for Team WERP, I, team, I play for Team CME. All right, I'll give you that because it sounds weird. <laughs> you like, <laughs> you'll, you'll go with it. 
Mm-hmm. Chicago Mercantile Exchange, like the WERP, has not been wrong yet on the next upcoming, you know, potential Fed rate interest increase. Yeah, right? the world interest rate probability WERP, according yeah. to Bloomberg, eighty-eight percent for okay. twenty-five basis point. Chicago Mercantile Exchange mm-hmm. today, ninety-five percent. Yikes! Not good, mm-hmm. kids. So you can already bake in twenty-five basis points. I'll tell you, we we know that the PCE report that came out did not help at all. Nope. Right? We already covered that. I don't think any report that's come out lately has helped. I'll tell you, and the stock market today took a dive after this, the ADP private sector jobs report came out. Yeah, which we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to lead into that with this mortgage rates conversation. But the ADP report, like, what the fuck? Yeah. I literally talked to somebody who used to work at ADP, and their comment to me was, I used to work there. Let me tell you, ADP is full of shit. And honestly, I believe it. ADP is full of shit? That, that That was the statement from a former employee. From ADP was like an executive level there. Wow. Like their their data's full of shit. It's delayed. Very, very delayed. And if they don't have all the data in, they'll just pull something out of their ass. The problem, okay, so I guess if you want to lead, why don't we lead in with this? Because we got a lot to get into when it comes to that. All right. So just before the guys got here tonight, I was sitting in my car. And I know that they think we're thank, you know, thinking maybe he's thanking. Thanking. I'm not afraid of being made fun of. No, it's fine. I, I'm embracing it. I know you should. I know you guys were thanking that. Um, I was sitting in my car being weird. What I was doing was reading this article and a realtor had posted it saying that this is the reason that home values are going to stay up. This? And I got so pissed that mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put this in the show notes. We're going to talk about it tonight. Okay. According to Yahoo, mortgage rates hit the highest point of the year. So home affordability took another hit this week as mortgage rates neared 7% forcing many buyers to stick to the, to the sidelines. Right? So less buyers in the market, supply, mm-hmm. demand, if you want to go the Dave Ramsey argument route, mm-hmm. there's less demand because they can't afford it. And demand without affordability, as you now know, mm-hmm. is not demand. Right. Which many people have been quoting back to me. Really? Including your guy, Jordan. Oh, Jordan Franks. Love this guy. Yeah, love him. He's been posting a lot of financial stuff lately. By the way. Uh, so I think he recently retired, and he's been posting a lot of financial stuff, and I like a lot. I like a lot. I like it. I'm gonna reach out to him and see if he ever wants to come on the show. I'd love to have him on the show. Former tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champion, Kansas yeah, City yeah. Chiefs. I didn't realize he retired, but yeah, but um, yeah. So he, we we were you know exchanging some comments, and his comment to me was, "Yeah, demand without affordability is not demand." Stud, this guy. I was like, "Son of a bitch, I love you." Stud. Anyway, the rate on the 30-year fixed mortgage rate increased to 6.81% from 6.71%. Only 10 basis points, I recognize, but the week prior, according to Freddie Mac, the highest level in 2023 and since November of last year when rates went just above, I think it was like 7%, if I recall correctly. Right. So, rates followed an uptick in the 10-year Treasury yield after a government report released last week showed inflation remained sticky and Minutes released this week from the Federal Reserve's last meeting revealed a more hawkish stance toward the future rate increases. Now, this, before you go on... Shouldn't have been a surprise. Should not have been a surprise. One of the things we've talked about on the show multiple times is that the yield curve inversion is, is the, the deepest inversion it's been in, longest inversion since 1981. Right. That the two-year treasury and the... the we I'm showing the chart with my hand yeah, oh. so you can see how it goes. Yeah, doing it for you. Uh, there were so many references that I could have made with that. I'm just, <laughs> you leave it. Alone. I'm a bigger man than you. Yes, yeah, I am. You are. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, All right, are. take the bait, boys. I gave it to you. Yeah. So the ten-year 
was lower priced than the two-year. And because of this inversion, we knew that it was going to come out of the inversion over time. We knew the 10-year was going to rise. And people out there who are in the real estate business were saying, you know, Chris, the two-year can go back down. The 10-year doesn't have to rise. And I said, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. We're historic lows, kids. Yeah. They're going up. Right. Uh, Logan. Um, that's directly tied to consumer expectations. Yeah. Logan from Housing Wire was, was telling me that he called, I think, 4.75, 4.85 or something like that uh, by the end of the year, by the 10-year. And, you know, we're starting to see that now. In the four, we got a four handle today. Yeah, we got a four handle today, just just about four, and this has put upward pressure on the thirty year, the mortgage right. rates, because the ten year is the most influential on the on the thirty year mortgage rates, and we're seeing this this rise up. So this does not mean home values are going to stay up because there's less buyers or any kind of nonsensical argument you might hear from a realtor right. on social media. This means values go down. Right. That inflation report that they were talking about that remains sticky was the PCE report that we covered last week. And the Fed minutes, which I never understand why the market, especially now, especially now when Jerome Powell's coming out at the post-game press conference and, mm-hmm. you know, he's telling you what was just said. He's, what, you guys think he's going to lie about what was said? It's going to come out. The minutes are going to come out. I feel like Jerome Powell's in there saying, look, this is what I'm going to say you guys said. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But no, the minutes come out and they, and they show. And they show like he's probably something. walking around the room where they're doing their little dot plot going, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Waller, that's that higher, higher. Okay, yeah. Walking over to Waller, Cashman. yeah. Waller's the one. Yeah, he's too high. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm telling well, you, that that's Jerome Powell walking in the room, going, "Listen, I gave you a red crayon for a reason. Use it <laughs> higher." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't quite understand. Odun, could you do me a favor, please? Could you Google a uh, thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage right now? And why is it that if you were to Google it, that number is different than what? Freddie's 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is always slightly below whatever. Yeah, up. it's it's more of a conforming average number. Okay. So it's always probably, I would say, like a conservative representation. So, mm-hmm. yikes. That's, we're, what, we're, that, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, when I see the Freddie number and I compare it to this, when you Google it, average rate right now is just 7.8%. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know why that. So the average conforming Freddie Mac or agency loan, which usually gives you better rates, mm-hmm. is just under 7%. Just under seven percent. Now yeah. the average mortgage rate that's for a thirty-year like, cross country, California with a FICO score of seven hundred to seven eighteen, seven point eight. Yeah. yeah, I believe that. Eight handles. Here we come. Oh, we called it. Yeah, we yeah. we. I give you credit for my call. Come on, what? Christopher. Mm. I'll be that guy. I am indeed that guy. I like that that guy. I embrace that guy. I look at that guy in the mirror every night and say, you know what? I like you, dude. Really. Yeah, take credit for the work that you that you do for Saeed. With that beard. That guy. My wife finally heard the episode of, of How I Got the Lolo. <laughs> and she's like, and why she do came, you lie to the people? She came home and she's like, huh. <laughs> I was wondering why you uh, gave up your chin. <laughs> My oh chin. Dude, uh, the only time in the last, you know, 11 years that I've completely shaved, I'm talking about like skin, no stud. Was like, your wedding. Right? Was my wedding. Yeah. To this day, my wife said, why'd you do that? I just want one last time. That's insulting, right? Yeah. It's, I don't like your face. Yeah. I didn't like how our wedding photos came out. Why did you do this? I didn't think you looked that bad anyway. I thought you looked, I thought very looked sleek. Like, yeah, yeah, I thought it looked like a stud, too. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I thought you looked good. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Axios, I, re- I recognize, is not the best reference in the world. Really? But so now we've gone from kind of the inflation numbers and we've talked a little bit about housing and rates. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going to talk about how. 
the Northeast is losing out to America's new economic hotspots. This according to Axios. I've got two charts we're going to share here. Yeah. Before we get there, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and the Carolinas and Tennessee are in the middle of a 100 billion wealth migration mm. as the U.S. economic center of gravity tilts south. In a positive way or a negative way? This according to Bloomberg. Mm. Well, a positive way. Uh, mm. Florida, Texas, Georgia, and the Carolinas, Tennessee as well. Tennessee, Florida, and Texas are also no state tax, I believe. Yes. Uh, so you're seeing a huge migration of money into these states. So that chart just below that, Arun, if you don't mind, there you go with that one. Let's open that bad boy up. This one shows a chart of the United States. Mm-hmm. And on this chart, you see a spectrum of negative in like the orangish color all the way to blue, positive color, going from negative 20% to positive 20%. This is really insulting for us colorblind folks. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I see shades. Okay. I see shades. So Texas is the darkest color on the map <laughs> in a positive way. You've yeah. seen about 20% growth there. Right. Uh, but if you recall, in earlier episodes, we talked about how the East Coast has not been as impacted as the West Coast. Mm-hmm. What's interesting here is the West Coast still has a net positive in growth in GDP, mm-hmm. while the Northeast has a very negative GDP. Okay. And a lot of well, parts of the Midwest have a very negative GDP. What's interesting to see here is with this migration of people, largely as a result of the pandemic, mm-hmm. work from home. Yes. And this excess savings that they had. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a migration into states that this chart, if you're not colorblind, visually represents. Maybe this is why we're not seeing the real estate trends like we normally would, where it would normally go from the coast, having drops in values, and it would go inward towards the Midwest. Yes. And then in a, a prosperous back economy, out. it would go back out. It would start in the Midwest going up and then go out to the coast. Right. And maybe this is why so much of what we're experiencing from a real estate perspective is thrown off. Mm-hmm. The savings, all these things, they kind of layer in all these little idiosyncrasies and complexities mm-hmm. that make the market react in a very different way. In Arun, if you can go to the next chart, which is colorblind friendly. Got it. Uh, we're going to look a little bit more at a dot plap, plot, plot, a dot map, dot plot map, Jesus. <laughs> uh, cities with the largest numeric increase in population from 2021 to 2022. Again, just coming off the heels uh, of the pandemic. July of 2021 through July of 2022, cities were with populations of 50,000 or more. Mm-hmm. You got number one, Fort Worth, Texas, plus 19.2K. Number two, Phoenix, Arizona, 19.1. Number three, San Antonio, Texas, 19, 18.9. You know, Austin's in there as well and a bunch mm-hmm. of other places. But look, I mean, look, the growth is almost entirely in the south and southeast. Yes. Which also has probably propping up values. Right. In those places, Florida, huge value increases. Texas, huge value increases. Right. I know the increases that we saw uh, last week in the Northeast, we said the average purchase price was like below like 300 grand. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, not a lot of movement coming from there. Hmm. So, this brings me to my next point. A lot of points you're making tonight. I'm jabbing very, at everything I can. You're very pointy. I am very pointy. My eyebrows. I had some Botox. So, for those of you who hate my eyebrows, Fuck you. He's <laughs> um, talking to me directly. Yeah, I'm talking to everybody out there. Yeah. The guy in my DMs who's like, holy shit, why do you always look happy? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Let's get a black card. <laughs> ah. We have goal. a reference on it. I had to. I had it's, to bring it back. Been, it's been a little while. I yeah. know. I, I've now switched to the Visa black card. I, I don't like how American people stopped calling you arrogant. No, they still do. <laughs> yeah. They just. 
They've gotten so used to calling me arrogant that at this point they're like, okay, he knows that. We need to find something. We need to find something that he can't acknowledge. Like right. you're fat and arrogant. Oh, yeah. that, that's been the reoccurring so, one. All right. So Said called this uh, probably a year ago, maybe mm-hmm. a little longer. Mm-hmm. When the Reuters bankruptcy filings surge in first half of 2023 in U.S. Epic says Epic is a reporting firm. U.S. Chapter 11 bankruptcy filings jump 68% in the first half of 2023 from a year earlier. Epic Bankruptcy, a provider for U.S. bankruptcy filing data, said on Monday. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the chart. And you will see a pretty fucking steep increase. In Shout out to my filings. guy, Matt Hayes. Matt Hayes coming through with data. Always brings us Shout good, the good, out. good. Yeah, appreciate you. This was uh, in the chart that he sent me, sent me down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So the bar on the left, which is gray. And if you're Saeed, it's just a bar on the left. Uh, that shows the Great Recession. Yeah. The bar on the right shows the pandemic recession in 2020. Mm-hmm. And you can see the relative increase in upticks of... Not, not a big deal, right? I mean, come on. Well, unfortunately, in every recession that you're, you're seeing, at least here, mm-hmm. nobody had a spike at this cadence. This right. is the fastest cadence up. Yes. In bankruptcies. And I know it's hard to tell because this has a line chart that goes up and down pretty frequently. But basically, you're seeing a dramatic increase straight up. Yeah, it looks like a straight line. You know, <laughs> see, you, at least in colorblind, you can see the yeah, lines. I, I mean, can see, I can see lines. What so, color do you think the line is? So, so, the, honestly, you can convince me so many different what ways. What color do you think it is? I don't know, but you can tell me it's anything from green to black to dark. I don't know. I have no idea. Really? That looks black to you? Could be. If you told me it is, I'd believe you. What color shirt are you wearing? Black. Always. How do you know that? What, what do you mean? Because I go on a buzzer. Where are your black thermals at? Well, right there, sir. Wait. But you don't always. Okay, whatever. Fuck. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Look, it's always new. It's a really easy tone. There's two lines there, actually. You just can't green. tell. Got it. So, with these bankruptcy filings moving up that we knew was bound to happen, some of it is just so I'll, when corporations are doing this, right, they're trying to legally protect themselves because they can't fulfill their debt obligations, right? I think there's a bigger problem here. Really? Yeah. I like to hear. What? I like to hear what? Say. Yeah, what? I like, I like to, to hear, hear what you have to say about this. And how do you ask nicely? Topic. Come on. Por favor. In English. Yes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a lot of people saying, okay, you know what? 90% plus people in the country have mortgage rates less than 6% of their home. Yes, we said that. Other people said it. We quoted it. Mm-hmm. Don't be selfish. Redfin data. Okay, fine. And a lot of people have been um, hesitant to get a second trustee on their property, even though they've had this appreciation in value, largely because they're hard to get, and the ones you can get have higher rates. Yes. They don't want to tap into that equity, mm-hmm. but they've been tapping into credit. We've seen historically high levels or historic high levels of non-household debt right credit card student loan debt all these things are at their mm-hmm. at their peaks corporate debt corporate debt all this stuff is is at a scary number right now mm-hmm. so i think people are so hesitant to move to buy a new property because they can't afford a number one mm-hmm. they don't want to let go of their mortgage rate you're going to see more and more people going into bankruptcies throwing all their debt into it but carving out their mortgage mm-hmm their primary residence lien holder and saying, you know, I, I'm going to, 
I'm going to pull them out. I'm going to pay them back. They can do that. Their huh? entirety. Well, there, there's a way you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to try to get out of their credit card debt because the only way, the way they can do that is to sell their property. And then where are you going to go? Right. It's a problem. Big problem. So I think this is going to be the, the temporary defensive position before people figure out that I've got way too much debt. Well, I think this is just not the, enough income. I, I personally think this is just the beginning of it. It is just the beginning of it. Right. So you because, should personally think that that's accurate. Now. Because we know, like we've mentioned on the show, the credit tightening cycle hasn't begun yet. Like, like so, Poyger. Like a tiger. Like Poyger. Yeah. Austin Powers reference. Good for you. Huh? Who's that? Yeah. I do watch movies. Occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally. So we know that when once that happens, it's going to have a major impact on businesses that rely on these loans to keep them afloat. Right? Mm-hmm. So when that happens, you're going to see an even, even more of an uptick in this. And what this really highlights, I think, is what we've been saying all along that people have been actually waiting. They've been messaging us. I know they've been messaging me. And you said that layoffs and unemployment was really going to tick up. Tell you right now, this is the indicator right here. Also, the jobs reports are bullshit. And jobs reports are bullshit. This right here with uh, you know, corporations filing bankruptcies and more and more delinquencies, people walking away from the commercial real estate, just like, fuck it, fuck my equity, I'm out. Right. Well, commercial real estate's a, a different animal, particularly mm-hmm. office. Particularly office. That was a that was a segue. You didn't yeah. like that, love? No, I liked it. I, I liked it. It just didn't feel Man, genuine. Honestly, well, we're, we're not vibing. Oh, that was good. Sorry. That was good, right? That yeah, was I that was, was real good. And he's got a he's always got something. Oh, there's always something with you. Right? Why are you so mad, Chris? Why are you mad? You want to talk My about my feelings it? are hurt. You know, because I sided with Saeed for once. <laughs> no, I mean that expected. You are a traitor, so eventually that was a. He's my brother. Certainty, yes, you related. So anything that you quote, you know, side with him on is because yeah. you feel a. All right, this got too long. Right, nepotism based loyalty. <laughs> Tracking it out, dude. All right, man, that was that was weak. That was weak <laughs> shit. Why is the collar on your shirt so stretched? Are you, ta- are you talking to Saeed? Where did that come I from? I saw it earlier. Dude? I banked it. <laughs> I saw it earlier. so fucked up. You saved it for the show? Yeah. If you said, we're going to have a camera on him, he can't be wearing Bro, shirts like he, that shit. He's got a one-year-old who he holds. Thank <laughs> and, you. And the collar pulls off the collar. What do you no, mean? Don't, don't, don't that, co-sign that. Honestly, that. If, he, if he didn't have a, a loose collar, I'd be like, oh, hold your kid more. What's wrong with you? Chris wouldn't know. Oh. oh. Too, that was, that's too far. <laughs> honestly, mute him. <laughs> I can't mute him. He can mute himself. <laughs> no, in, in the edit, post game. Oh, yeah, just, just delete his audio on accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're talking to ourselves. Yeah. All the people are going to hear them. They're listening to this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the right. so CMBS holders. Yeah. Commercial mortgage-backed securities mm. are securitized mortgage debt sold and packaged into Wall Street as a security you can buy. Mm-hmm. So now in this case, commercial mortgage-backed securities have typically commercial real estate in them. And they are generally... Class consistent. So yes. office commercial mortgage-backed securities. So are usually packaged all together. And then sold off because they have a similar risk profile. Whereas commercial real estate like multifamily apartment complexes have a different risk profile. And those are generally not lumped in with things like office. And who can invest in these? Anybody. I mean, you got to be a high net worth individual really to be investing in personally, individually by yourself. Right? But typically speaking, you'll see these in bonds. Right? Yep. Um, you'll see these actually in foreign pension funds. You know who owns a shit ton of them? Who? The largest banks in this country. Those That's right. Globally systematic, important banks. JP Morgan. I think I looked up the stats on this. I should put it down. I think JP Morgan has like 17% of them. 
GSIBs, those banks that were untouchable, the banks that you consumers were like, I need to move my money over there, man. Right. And that's because Jamie Dimon, he's never going to fail. Right. And actually, this, this past week, Jerome Powell came out and had some uh, Fed speak and was saying how, you know, people really need to work with these the lenders, really need to work with the owners of these commercial buildings, yeah. uh, you know, find them. A way to modify these. Yep. Here you go. That's right. Did I say 17%? Who are the Is top? that what I said? See, okay, before you compliment yourself, can I read the quote? Is that what I said? Bring the energy, man. Your energy's a little Why low are you tonight. Lip shit to me right now. You're like quivering a little bit. <laughs> Your energy's a little low tonight. I My need energy's it. not low. I'm gassed up. I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You mean, would you like me to read this? Yeah. Who are the top CMBS you know, you lenders? You haven't said please to me once tonight. You just fucking demand shit to me. Like, I'm fucking working for you. You know what I'm just saying? It'd be nice if you just said, Let's go, please. <laughs> Let's do this, man. See? No, please. <laughs> Can't say it, can you? We can do it together. Come on. Please. JP Morgan Securities. I don't want you to read it. I want us to read it. Please. <laughs> please. Oh, all right. Who are the top CMBS lenders? Number one, JP Morgan Securities at 3.4 billion. God, that hurts. A lot. In loan volume, 17.7% of market share. Said mm. was once again correct. This is the big Said is correct episode. <laughs> Deutsche Bank, 2.7 billion in loan volume for 14.1% of market share. That's a lot. Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Our favorite DJ's bank. 3.8 billion, 9.6% market share. Mm-hmm. And Wells Fargo Bank, 3.1 billion, 7.6% market. But uh, just to clarify with this too, this is all commercial back more securities. Yeah, but you know they so, hold a lot of these. They hold, I know exactly. So I, we don't want to say that they own seventeen point seven percent of all like office buildings, but so. they own a lot of commercial mortgage backed securities. Yes, and in this particular instance, according to Zero Head, CRE nightmare for CMBS holders: office mortgage delinquency, specifically office yes. CMBS rate suffers the biggest six month spike. Not in the last 10 years, not in the last mm. 20 years, ever. Right. The biggest six-month spike ever. And Arun, if you would be so gracious to please pull up the chart. Right. This is, and the, what's scary about this report while Arun's pulling this up is that we're just at the beginning of this. The very, very, very beginning. And this is a straight line straight up, which honestly kind of visually parallels the bankruptcy straight up line right these are early indicators people right these are things you should be going holy shit bankruptcy shooting straight up office you know delinquency shooting straight up we're at the beginning of all this stuff right the fed's gonna hold rates for a prolonged period of time they might increase rates once if not twice more these these are the data points where you're looking at you're like wait a minute these jobs numbers do not make any sense none and let me tell you right now if they're real it's gonna get really ugly because if those jobs are actually really added, it means that there's a lot of companies out there operating in a way that have no idea how to look at any of this stuff. I don't think you're allowed to say ugly anymore. I think you're supposed to say less attractive. No, you could say ugly. you're going to get really less attractive. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm never, I'm never going in on that. Come on, ugly? You can't say ugly. Your shoes are ugly. Ooh, no, my shoes are less attractive than you would like. Yeah, I would never call an, uh, yeah. an individual. One of God's creations, ugly. I would never do that. Oh, I would. I've seen some ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no hesitation there. Don't give me the pump fake. Yeah. You ugly bitch. <laughs> I say it to myself all the time in the mirror. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, there you go. Yeah. See, I can say it when it's about myself. Yeah. 
So uh, what, what made that chart so scary and what they're saying is a lot of the, a lot of the you know corporations that are that own uh, or have loans on these office buildings, right? They're seeing vacancy numbers go up, right? Their rates have gone adjustable, right? Their interest only payments have payments have now doubled, right? Yep. That no longer cash flows. Yep. Because let me tell you right now, when they got those loans, they they were just barely getting by on that debt service coverage ratio. And without mentioning names. Saini, we're talking to uh, somebody in the space. Yes, who's uh, pretty close to all this, and he was stunned. Mm-hmm. Sent the article actually, which I shared with you uh, immediately afterward to yeah. us. Right, we had a short conversation about it, and his only take home was, "We haven't even begun to see the worst of it yet, mm-hmm. and you're already seeing a spike like it never had before happened." Yeah, that's a problem. It's a problem because look when. When these office buildings have their vacancies, right? Whatever tenants are still in there that are paying their rents, they're barely able to pay the expenses of operating the building, right? And then they can't make payments on the loan. Forget paying down the loan, the interest-only payments, yeah. right? So, so I'm going to set up a scenario. This is where BlackRock, Blackstone are walking away from their equity on their buildings. They say, we can't afford these payments. They just walk away from the these high rises in Los Angeles. All right, so I'm going to give a little bit of a technical background here, which explains that, and then I'm going to get into a hypothetical of how this unfolds, and I want to point out something that I can guarantee you will be a very palpable difference in what we experienced during the contagion period as of March 10th to now. Oh, okay. Okay, so number one, generally speaking, if you're securitizing a commercial mortgage-backed security, mm-hmm. you're holding that asset, i.e. an office building, in a single-purpose, single-asset entity, generally speaking, an LLC or a partnership. Mm-hmm. The reason why that's usually one of those two entities is the best tax positions for passive income. That's the best structure for that type of tax position. That being said, if you're in a single purpose, single asset entity, the purpose of that entity is to own and operate that building. Yes. And the single asset is the only asset in that entity right. is that building. property, that yeah. building yes. or series of buildings if they're all connected. That being said, so when BlackRock gives up the property, it's not impacting all of BlackRock Mm-mm. unless they sign recourse liability, which, generally speaking, a lot of these have non-recourse loans. No liability to sue the individual sponsor or entity behind single-asset, single-purpose entity. Right. It's a single-action state, right? Well, I, in some In some states. Some like, states we're yeah. talking California. We are talking about Los Angeles earlier. Yeah. So, generally speaking, this is not a huge impact of these companies letting them go. I mean, obviously, they're walking away from equity and they're having some trouble there, but yeah. it's not reverberating repercussions for a lot of them because of they've structured their liability. Got it. So what happens to these office buildings? Same thing happens to some of these malls. They go abandoned and they look like a ghost town. Look at San Francisco. Oh, my God. Now, let me paint the picture. I'm not going this week and next week. I'll report back. You're going to have to report back. Although San Francisco's chief economist, the actual city chief economist, came out and said, it's not that bad. And I'm like, you're the chief of, you're fucking confused guy. Yeah. Like that's a conflict of interest. Right. That's like me looking at myself in the mirror going, you know what, guys? It's not that bad. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that bad. It's not that I know bad. it looks that way from the side, but straight on. Yeah. It doesn't look so bad. No. It's how you look at it. Right. Lighting. Okay? Lighting. I'm using cerebellum. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. But here's the picture I want to paint. March 10th, contagion period hits. Uh, Peter Thiel talks about get your money out of these banks. Signature Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, First Republic Bank, they all fail. Yes. Oh, my God, get your money out of community banks. They might fail. Yet nobody lost any money. Nobody lost access to any money. But the rhetoric was, holy shit, move your money. Go to these globally systematic, important banks. 
they're going to fail. And we let three fail. Justifiably so. Okay? First Republic Bank didn't fail per se, but they were sold last minute in what was clearly a pre-failure set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. The rhetoric was, shit, these banks are going to fail. Get your money out. We don't know if they're going to be backstopped. Yet they were. Yes. Watch the rhetoric for the globally systematic important banks. JP Morgan Chase. Okay. Wells Fargo. What is it going to be? Watch how powerful they are. when These people have full-time lobbyists in Washington, D.C., pushing through their political agendas. Yes. Watch what they do. Oh, we need, we need the government to step in here. This is, this, is, this is bad. Right. And watch how the government steps in. Mm -hmm. Watch what happens. Mark my fucking words. I believe it. When this contagion period, uh, you know, this version of it, this office CMBS contagion period gets bad enough. Yeah. And now the globally systematic important banks, where they hold such a massive market share here, now right. they have risks that they didn't have during this March 10th deposit run contagion. Right. Deposits were flooding into them. It was good for them. They got to acquire First Republic Bank for pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Silvergate Bank for pennies on the dollar. We talked about the bank on the East Coast that that South Carolina banker that that oh that's that right that's made, right. They, you know increased billions of dollars in net worth for the family because they bought the assets of Signature Bank and the right. Silicon Valley Bank. It was a boon for them, right? And for, the for and, citizens, I think it was. Yeah, and the government did nothing to stop it other than, hey, here's the bank. You want to buy this bank? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead, and knock stuff out. Yeah. Go do it. Watch, watch how they step in because these globally systematic important banks are saying, "Oh shit, we got problems." Yeah, I wonder how many of these bankruptcies, these corporate bankruptcies, that are leading to ultimately to these vacancies, right? I wonder how many of them were corporations or companies that were still, like we've mentioned on the show before, were projecting second half of the year growth. And they, they predicted by now the Fed would have, you know. Cut rates. Cut rates, made their pivot. Yeah. Been like, okay, prosperity is on the rise again. It's in front of us again. Mm -hmm. And that never came. I don't think you've seen the, the lion's share of those bankruptcies yet. That's what I'm saying. I think there's, this there's number is going to You're get... just seeing defaults now. Right. Defaults take a, a while to get into the bankruptcy scenario. What is yeah. everyone highlighting here? More than 230 American companies have filed for bankruptcy through April, according to S&P Global, the highest level over the first four months of any year since... 2010. Hmm, what happened then? Which is three years after the Great Recession. Yeah. That's how bad the Great Recession was leading into it. Right. Now, look what we're seeing here. So... Interesting. Arun, New York Times. Good poll. Right. Yeah. Good work. I respect you. I respect you. I do respect you too. Arun, geez. Don't give me that look. What? I, I, pay me out I, I hate that I have to, you know, prompt you to compliment your own brother-in-law. <laughs> no. Awkward. Love this guy. So listen. That seemed insincere. Arun, do you feel like that was sincere? He's going through some stuff. He is going through some stuff. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? He <laughs> laughed. You can't laugh at the end of it, man. <laughs> what did I do? So look. Another reason why we haven't seen the lion's share of this just yet, right, is we talk, I talked about it earlier at the beginning of the show, that credit tightening cycle has not begun yet, right? Once that happens, yeah. would you say business loans are probably more considered uh, riskier loans when during this economic environment? Yeah, I, th I think... Uh, probably, probably the riskiest of loans. There's an old, old saying which I'm not endorsing, but it is an old saying that when you don't need money, banks will give you money. I mean, mm -hmm. when you do need money, banks won't give you anything. Yep. And the suggestion is, is that 
when you have a good financial position that you don't need a loan, mm-hmm. you can get a loan because you've got a good financial position. Right. But when you have a bad financial position and you need a loan to stay afloat, mm-hmm. you can't get a loan. I think for a lot of people that, and I, I'm, I'm one, this is something that I've, I've learned on the job. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people that have never started a business or you know, seen how a business is ran. I'm trying to cover up my shiny legs because you guys made fun of me last time. I can't wait for people to see that episode drop. If you guys are true fans of the show, make sure you leave a comment on YouTube and let Chris know how you like his likes. At the last episode. What episode number is that? You know, dude? 156. <laughs> 156. <laughs> so, business loans are considered riskier loans, right? You, you made me lose my entire train of thought. Because <laughs> you're doing some villain shit again. I was doing some villain no, shit. No, it's because you're fucking legs, man. are shiny. Yeah. I laser hair removal. Right. So they're considered riskier because you don't know. It's, it's harder to predict the future. With, Are you just trying to salvage your, your statement now? No, no, because no, there's, no, no. there's a lot of volatility, no. right? A lot of uncertainty amongst different sectors. As underwriters, what do you do? You look at historicals and you try to predict the future. Well, when you're going through unprecedented times, how could anyone predict what's to come? If anything, you know, that, in my opinion, that's where you start to tie up the most. Keep in mind, most lenders aren't lending right now. Well, right, and I'm saying the credit tightening cycle is going to happen. So, oh, this is what I was saying. Sorry, a bank I just, analyst I just remember. from Wall Street told me, "I'm going to make you forget." It. No, come on, <laughs> let me just let me finish this thought. <laughs> you remember the bank analyst? So, most people, I learned this on the job, don't understand or realize that as a business, you use a bank loan to scale your business. You need it. Not all businesses can run just purely off, you know, the the sales of the company and just move forward, right? You you need something to hold you over in between times, in between periods, right? You need it to, you know, invest in new equipment, new technology, to expand research and development, things that you need to cover your costs, right? So when banks start to tie up, economic growth out the window. GDP gone. That is negative. Not according to the bullshit that we're seeing right now. I know. Revised GDP goes up. Right. So, I mean, you need yeah, revised yeah. GDP goes up. That was at the beginning of the NSA year. Now. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I saw you were analyzing your head. Do I say it? Do I say it? <laughs> and they say that. <laughs> I was like, I know he's going to repeat my shit. Just give him a minute. And he'll come out. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and some people are like, what the fuck are they talking about? And some people are like, oh, shit, I love that song. Uh, <laughs> come check out come check out my Instagram stories it'll be on there <laughs> yeah alright so an analyst who covers bank stock he generally sends me an email every quarter before earnings calls and he kind of gives me his input on like you know these are the things that we would that we as an analyst for the bank sector think are healthy statements okay kind of helping us craft the narrative if we get questioned by other analysts on an earnings call mm-hmm but these are mass emails. They don't go out just to me. It goes out to you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. So you know they're all getting the same shtick. But one of the repeated themes I'm seeing from this email and other, other people that I've talked to in the space is that at this particular time, if you're talking about a bank specifically, this applies to all companies. I'm not just talking about banks. Mm-hmm. It's better to have improved earnings than it is to have improved growth. Okay, break that down. If you're making more money, but your company is shrinking, 
mm-hmm. or not growing, right? It's still better than you growing and making less money. Oh, okay. That's so what you're saying. think yeah, about this: you're doing what you're doing. What's best for the shareholders? So a lot of companies will try to scale their growth very rapidly. Mm-hmm. And that to me has always been a red flag because in order to scale your growth, you have to keep reinvesting your profits yes. into these growth, in, into this growth. You have to buy another building or pay for equipment to go into another location. Mm-hmm. You have to pay for all these operating costs to grow your business. Yes. And the idea is after you grow over time, you stabilize, your profits stabilize. Now each location or each area you've gone into, whatever you've scaled into is now stable. Mm-hmm. And then you make more money. And you can keep growing. That keeps your earnings down, your bottom line down. Got it. So what the analysts are saying is, we don't want to see any of that shit right now. Right. We, we don't want to see that. What we want to see is you protecting your earnings. That's keeping be, yourself as profitable as you can. That's going to be a hard position for somebody that really believes in the company and what they're doing. Because I can see how, like, why you would want to continue to reinvest in the company if you feel like that's what's best for your company. But then you have to ask yourself, you know, let me ask you a question. And Arun, feel free to chime in here. Name a business you feel is recession proof. None. Yeah, I, I've I've thought about this. In and out. <laughs> Why you gotta call me out for In and Out? I'm just saying, like, I think they're probably consistent revenue throughout a recession. They probably make more money during recession. Mm, why? Cheap, right? People go through comfort food whenever they go through recessions. It's, it's a pretty common increase. Maybe bars they do pretty pretty well during recessions. Mm. Some do because people go and drink because they're stressed. You know, some of them maybe maybe right, mm-hmm. but. Largely speaking, even if you're one of those businesses that do very well, you're not going to say like, fuck it, we're going to go into this growth opportunity because what else happens during recessions? Rates go up. Yes. Right? Can't give, yeah, it can't give money. So now your financing cost for your scaled growth goes up. Are you going to pay out of cash? No. You're going to have less retained earnings in your war chest just in case your business doesn't grow or there's something kind of a problem. Right. You can't go get a loan to cover, you know working capital if you need to right best thing for you to do is hoard that cash and wait for the right opportunity so despite the fact that oh yeah, here we go what do we got here Rune? 10 companies and industries that make money during a recession all right well please please what, what do you got is so, there is there a list here or is it just 10 the walt disney company huh? and they you know they get you they get all my monies <laughs> all my monies okay synopsis s&p Inc. 500 i'll Outperformance in 2008 industry information technology. What's IT. Inc., an application software company providing electronic design automation software. Okay. okay. That was bullshit. T Mobile. Communication services. They got Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm more curious about the industry. In movies and entertainment? Netflix, I believe. Yeah. Netflix. People stay home. Platforms. Yeah. And, and if, they, if they do raise rates, people aren't willing to lose that. Yeah. Right. Home Depot. Okay. Home, really? I would think it goes the other way. I would. I wouldn't really necessarily believe that. Yeah, I'm gonna call bullshit. Because remember, we recently cited an article where for the first time they didn't meet. They didn't meet expectations. Maybe it was like during the COVID recession or something. It was very. Mm. Yeah, Rune. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy that one. I'm sorry, yeah. buddy. It's all right. Minus one. But okay, so I see. I see your point. So now I think you're gonna start to see companies kind of scale back, and this whole private sector companies added 497,000 jobs in yeah. June. Let's get into it. More than double expectations, yeah. according to ADP. This is mm-hmm. from a CNBC article with the same mm-hmm. title. Right. Okay. I'm just going to go out and say it right now. Fuck this article. Yeah, fuck this article. Leisure and hospitality led the way with 232,000 new hires, followed by construction, 97,000, and trade transport. Tra- tra- Jesus Christ. Trade, trans- transportation, utilities added 90,000. What the fuck? 
No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And this is, uh, I don't think we've ever done a proper How is leisure and hospitality still hiring people? Right. Right. Doesn't make sense. Before this, the print, before this, air travel, airlines up 26%. Inflation, 26. I feel like over 25% more expensive. And this is, and these are the numbers that scare me the most because when their business loans don't get renewed, what's going to happen to these, all these people that were just recently hired? That's what scares me. Who who's going on vacations? <laughs> Why are you going on vacation right now? Stop. Stop. Don't do it, America. Exactly. So this is why the private jobs report is uh, so important. So actually, tomorrow is the June jobs report. And here's another reason that I just realized that I had a, such a big problem with this report. The Fed meeting, right, in June was middle of June. Uh-huh. Right? So there was a pause. And people were like, oh, wait, great. Let's go out and hire all these people. Is that what happened? No. <laughs> this is just not true? They were like, no, I think the Fed is literally, I think they're trying to work through the previous recessions in their mind, and they're not looking at the data. Here's the problem. Is I know they're saying, hey, guys, we're looking at the data, and it's not going the right direction. Right. Instead, they should be saying, hey, guys, we're looking at the data, mm-hmm. and we don't know why it's not going the right direction. So we should be pausing right now to see if more time will change things. Yeah, their wait and see approach needs to be longer than one month. They need to actually wait and see. One month? What the fuck, bro? At this point, you could wait till the end of the year, and I promise you we could hit at least a high okay. three, a mid three handle. You want to know how fucking ridiculous waiting a single month is in, in June to July is? It makes no sense. Hospitality and travel and leisure yeah. went up. It's fucking summer, dude. Right. And look, and, th- and, th- and this is the part, this is the skepticism that I have. The Fed knew these were going to be hot prints. Yeah, they right? knew. That's They're- why he called it a skip, not a pause. This is why I'm telling you, Jerome Powell's handing out crayons in the room, mm-hmm. like fucking with everybody, telling them to like draw between the lines, whatever. Right. He knows. He knows. Hey, guys, housing's not going to come down in the middle of the summer. Want to know why? That's where mm-hmm. people move. Right. So the stock market was down, I, I forget, like 300 points today. Yeah. How much? A lot, right? Whatever it was. If I'm wrong, don't come at me in my DMs. But it was, they were down a lot. And they, they said it had a lot to do with... How many followers do you have now? Not a lot. But people don't follow me and they still come at me. Like, damn, at least follow me. Can we, can we spend a minute on threads? Bro, I've been deep. I, was deep, not, I, want, I deep wanted to talk threads. to you about threads. But real quick about this, right? The Fed knew that this print was going to come in hot. Okay? 497,000 jobs. They had... They paused. They got this. PCE came in sticky. They knew it was going to come in sticky at 4.6%, right? That's basically flatlined since the beginning of this year. Their preferred measure of inflation has flatlined. 47 to 4.6% hasn't moved for inflation, right? We have Which is such bullshit too. This okay, and this report right here, the private sector, why this report means so much, right? And why it this is what bothers me. If this report would have came out 3 months ago, People would have said, look at the economy, so sound and resilient. But for some reason, today it comes out. People, that's what fucking Jerome Powell was saying. Right, he was saying, right? And But this comes out now. The sector is sound and resilient. But now this comes out and they're saying, he'll, he'll come out and say, see, labor market is too tight. It's red hot. We got to tailor services inflation. as it needs to come down, right? It's a complete opposite. A complete flip-flop, right? So this, this came out. We're going to have CPI come out, I believe, next week. Right, that's going to still be where it is. I I don't know, man. It's almost like it was baked in that they knew they were going to do it, and the wait and see approach needs to be longer than a month. 
Of course it does. And I'm telling you right now, unequivocally, they knew. Mm-hmm. All this was is this was like a, oh, you want me to pause? Yeah. Oh, 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 you don't like what's going on? Right. Okay, we'll pause. Right. And inside the meeting, they're going, <laughs> fuck, it's June. These assholes think we're doing them a favor. Right. They knew. They knew all these prints were going to come in hot. Right. They knew. Look, you got summertime. People hiring for the summertime. Mm-hmm. Right. People traveling for the summertime. Yes. People buying more homes in the summertime. Right. All the things that directly impact their decision and directly impact inflation. Yes. They knew this is the hot time for them. And they're going the other way. Mind so you. what are they going to do? They're going to raise it when the hot numbers come in. And all of America is going to be like, oh, shit, the numbers were strong. And they needed to raise again. All they did is they played into us like idiots. Right. And 85% of the U.S. employment is in the private sector. Yeah. So when they see this, this report come out, this is... I don't know. This is what this is what he's going to lean on, and I uh, tomorrow when the job the jobs the June jobs report comes out, I'm afraid to see what's going to happen. Jerome Powell might have a heart attack. Did you see the article that that they were they found cocaine in the White House? I did. Yeah. And but no they, one's explaining why it was there. They just said we found cocaine in the White House. I don't know why it's there. I don't. They're, they're just like cocaine's in the White House, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I mean, pretty sure Biden can't do that. I have a feeling like that wasn't the first time, but come on. Yeah, but I mean, well, and so this whole like ambiguous article came out about there's there's just co- cocaine was found in the White House. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. right. There's cocaine at ADP. <laughs> well, I'm the, convinced. Yeah, that there's either that or crack pipes. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. A lot of people on these crack pipes are now jumping on threads. Tell me all about it, because I know you've been knee deep, knee deep. So what is it? what? I don't get that. I haven't even tried to explore it. All right. So it's. I know it's trying to battle Twitter. Let's go in. Let's go in a little extra innings tonight. Let, let's be thoughtful and pragmatic. Okay? okay. Let's go back in time. Okay. Back in time. That's not a song. Back to reality. That's a, that's a fucking song. That, no, you nailed some of the lyrics. That wasn't all the lyrics. You just told me it's not a song. Now you know the words of the song yeah. that you just said was not a song. Oh. Gotcha. No. It's, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. it's, back, it's back to life. Shit. <laughs> I was doing so well. Yeah. So Twitter has problems, mm-hmm. right? Bots, all that shit. Bots are the number one problem. Elon Musk buys them after that whole whole situation. He's going to make it X Corp, and it's going to be all about repositioning this brand and being honest and transparent and clear. But the bots are still a fucking problem. Light bulb went off for Zuck. Like, ooh. Yeah. Well, then so what happens? He lays off a shit ton of Twitter employees. A lot, right? How many be like 50%? Yeah. And you know what Zuck does? Hires all of them workers. He's like, hey, I'll hire you. I'll hire you. I'll hire you. Brilliant. Doesn't tell anybody he's building this platform until about a week ago they teased Mind you, this is what happens in the tech space regularly. People hop from one tech company to the other, and they keep getting bitted out on wage. That's how they get their wages up so high. So, I mean, you could argue that there's some intellectual proprietary technology, but we all know how Twitter works. It's not a secret. (laughs) We all know. Right. Elon Musk knew. That's why he fucking bought them. Yeah, exactly. Like, he knew, right? right? Right. So they all go over there. They do their thing. Meanwhile, Instagram says, we're going to come out with threads. Meta. Well, Meta, which owns Instagram. But yeah. it's, it's attached to Instagram. So the process of creating a threads account is so fucking easy. You just log in with your Instagram credentials and you import over from Instagram your username, your photo, everything. Because we know that that conversion rate usually is really low. So they knew, they probably knew we got to make this as seamless as possible. 
I have been on Twitter actively using it for about a year and a half now. Okay. I have 520 users. And maybe I don't understand how to use the platform. Mm -hmm. Not saying that I'm good at it. Right. I don't like spam, like all this intellectual cerebral shit. I just talk about the news and the data that we talk about on the show. Okay. Right. And sometimes more, sometimes less, a little bit of opinions, whatever. But I don't get political and I don't say any stigmatized charged shit. Okay. In less than 24 hours on threads, I've got over 1,200 followers. Wow. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because there's more momentum going that way. More momentum. They had over 30 million. I don't even know the numbers at right now. 30 million people. I think it's over, I think, I think it's over 44 million. Last I checked. Mm -hmm. no, don't quote me, but it's over. I think it's over 40 million. But they had 30 million by mid today. I think by the end of the day, they had like 40 something million people converting over and signing up. So what's the hype? Tell me. What What do you like about it now that you've used it for a day? Number one, there's no bots on the platform yet. So you're not dealing with people. Remember what, what do you got there? What do pulls up here? Threads versus Twitter. App privacy. Threads Meta's recently launched Twitter Killer has raised privacy concerns about how the app may collect information about a user's digital activity, including health, financial, and other sensitive information. Yeah, yeah whatever. Who cares? They're all collecting data on us. Let's yeah. be real. Let's forget, yeah. forget all that bullshit. Right. So meanwhile, that bitch Alexa be listening to me. Yeah, now. Alexa listen to everything. Siri, yeah. she all up in your shit. Oh yeah. Especially dirty, right here. Dirty motherfucker. Yeah. I know what you're watching. You say nasty shit, right? Yeah. Why are you saying nasty shit, right? I like nasty. Yeah. Pass. Pass. <laughs> um, so at the same time, all this is happening. Elon Musk and Zuckerberg Zuck. are supposed to fight. Oh, that's you think that's a real thing? They do Dana White's comment on this. They've apparently like agreed to do this. They're floating the idea. They're floating the idea. Not now, gonna lie to you. I'd pay. How much would you pay to watch them? Honestly. Bro, take my money. Take it. All of it. Pay-per-view, name your price. Yeah, honestly, two hundred dollars I pay. Yeah, we will give you a Rune. Just let us watch. <laughs> they will sacrifice it. Yeah. Rune, you now work for them. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like I would pay for that, right? Yeah. So that that could not have been a coincidence. And I don't know how this all plays out in this whole thing. But now, Elon Musk sends... I think he's brilliant on Zuckerberg's part, man. Sends Zuckerberg, X-Corp sends Meta, a cease and desist letter about threads. And I don't know if it was Elon Musk or if it was Zuckerberg. But somebody put that shit on the interwebs, and it was all over Threads. The entire season to this letter. Right. If if anything, it's only going to boost Threads even more. It was fucking hilarious. I read the whole letter. Yeah, on Threads or on Twitter? On Threads. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I got it. Minus, minus one. Yeah, Elon. Come on now. There's no bots on Threads so far. Everybody's growing at a rapid cadence. So if you're trying to grow, right? There's no quicker way. And with a new platform, it's it's a new exposure. It's a new way to to move. Right. They don't use hashtags, so I don't know how they index. Now, Twitter does seem to index to Google better so far, but when you, if you have a Twitter account and you're a prominent figure and you mm -hmm. Google someone's name like Ryan Reynolds or somebody who has a Twitter account, it'll actually show the last three or four tweets on the main page of Google because it indexes well with Google search engine. I don't think, at least I haven't seen so far, that Threads does that. They may do that as they update the algorithm for Google mm -hmm. and it'll create more visibility. I'll but say this though, the name, Threads? I get it. Like when you say like oh like somebody tweeted this right what are you gonna say for threads that kind of stuff matters somebody stitched me bro stitch they say that yeah. that's no, a I thing I just made it up <laughs> oh my stitch yeah I don't like it somebody popped a needle better but no right. give me something well here's the other problem is now if you signed up for threads mm -hmm. fun fact you can't delete your threads account unless you delete your Instagram account. Ooh, don't like that. Gotcha. Yahtzee, bitch. Yeah, they, they baited you in. You don't like this shit? 
But you ain't leaving now, motherfucker. Yeah, you locked in now. Yeah, you here. Wow. Yeah. Wait, wait, but you, can you delete your posts? Yeah, you can delete all your posts. Like, so, yeah. you, like you normally could on any social yeah, media yeah, account? Could, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess it's really going to boil down to, I know the biggest thing that Elon was harping on is, you know, we're really big on freedom of speech on this platform. So if Zuck and them. I don't think people care as much as he thought they did. I think that a lot of the journalists, a lot of the political comment- commentary, a lot of the COVID commentary, a they lot don't of want those any things, censorship. Yeah, a lot of those things are on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I can tell you the one platform I have been attacked the most on is Twitter. Yeah. And generally for like the most, I've had a guy attack me because I didn't believe in open doors business model. Just fucking come after me. Right. I had another guy like, pop off and make comments about, you know, the, the bank stock and my, my acquisition of stock because I have to report to my publicly uh, traded you know, company. I'm a top five executive. Of that, so all my stuff's visible. Mm-hmm. Never had that experience on Instagram. Never had that experience on, on, on any other platform. Right. It, it's just interesting to see. So there is some toxicity that I've seen on Twitter that I haven't seen on Threads. Threads so far has been like a resoundingly positive experience. Okay. But it's been 24 hours. Let's give it some time. Let's give it some time. Let's let society let, work. Let's, let, let, let's let bots creep in. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. And do what they do. Yeah, of course. Right. But during the first four or five hours, the thirst trap movement came down. What do you mean? Arun, are you familiar with the vernacular thirst trap? <laughs> what? Is, what? Uh, I you, would love to have Odun break this down. Please break what down. What is thirst trap? And don't, don't cheat code don't, it. Yeah, tell me right now before you look it up. Don't look it up. It's basically just um, setting someone up to fall for someone. Catfish? It's not catfish, right? No, that is not a thirst trap. A thirst trap is, so people were going to threads, and they were posting like bikini photos or shirtless photos of themselves. Okay. Because they thought their body would get them more people to follow their profile in a singular act of desperation. I see. I'm a thirst trap. You're going to come to my profile because you want to see more TNA. Stands for uh, teeth and assets. Thirst trap. Oh, like a thought. Go ahead. You want to read the? Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta make sure. I <laughs> gotta read this ahead of time. I'm not reading this we, shit anymore this, on the show. This had this had some. Uh, okay, Last one you guys it. almost got me. A sexy photograph or flirty message posted on social media for the intent of causing others to publicly profess their attraction. This is done not to actually respond or satisfy any of this attraction, but to feed the poster's ego or need for attention at the expense of the time, reputation, and sexual frustration of those who view the image or reply. Hey guys, are these shorts too tight? Screw off with your thirst trap. <laughs> Gotta love the examples. Hey guys, are these uh, calves too shiny? Your shins. Your shins are very shiny. Here, let me help you out here. Bro, you get doesn't that bother you? You got so much leg hair. Love it. And, and oh, and when you sweat, it sticks there. It does not. I don't sweat. <laughs> you good on that? Hour thirteen. Let me put this down. Uh, up, 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 up. What do you got? What do you got? Nothing. I think that's where we should end the show. That's where we should end the show. We're not even going to do the Fed minutes or anything, right? No, Said Omar. Everybody does not sweat. <laughs> do not sweat. Don't sweat the small stuff. And make sure you don't sweat the technique. Please don't don't don't, don't end the show like that. Give me something, anything. 
Anything? Arun, say anything, please. <laughs> anything. Say something. Arun, something. Give me something. I haven't had sex in a very long time. What? What? Oh, come on, what, was, what? what was it? What? We're leaving on that. Shit? We're leaving on that. Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.